Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, Hindsiders, and welcome back to yet another episode where hosts shall make host cry. Yes, yeah, yeah. good morning, Hindsiders, depending on where you are and when, when you are listening to this. Where and when you are, Hindsiders, you Dr. Hello, Hindsiders, fans out there. <laughs> hello, Hindsiders, and all the ships at sea. What does Truman Show say? <laughs> like, good evening and good night. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So we are continuing with this uh, very, very uh, ill-informed decision we made uh, a while no, ago. No, no, we? What is this we nonsense? Well, I so suggested talking it, about the overarching decision I, I su- by all of yes, us. Yes, I suggested it. You guys went along with it. That's the difference. Oh, is that the decision? <laughs> or are you thinking about the decision to choose this movie? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. See, that, look okay. at that. No, Miscommunication no. across <laughs> the board. What We're we like have here is a failure to communicate. Yes. Well, we... We sent out, or I sent out a challenge to my co-hosts to find movies that we could watch and make the other hosts uh, watch them and weep. Yes, tears. Mm-hmm. Tears were the objective. So we've we've had um, you know horrible Stallone action movie with Cobra. We had we had a gory horror movie, but Mr. Brown decided to cheat and went straight for the cockles of our hearts. I, I tried. <laughs> I did not even the cockles. Not, you didn't have cockles. Maybe you had even in removed. the sub cockles. Yes. Uh, didn't you know, Mr. Brown? We're dead inside. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, just like the horror films that we watch. Dead inside. Well, Go if, ahead, if it's any tell con- us what we're watching. If it's any consolation, I wept from the beginning to end. This is a movie called Brian's Song, and not the cheap remake in 2001 made for TV film. Oh, shots fired. I didn't know they made a remake. I didn't know either, honestly. So I originally thought, as I discovered the 2001, we could watch them both and do a comparison, but the ratings of the one in 2001 were so poor, one. And number two, it's not rentable. So we had to stick with the 1971 version with Billy D. Williams, Billy D. Billy and D. James, James Con, a year before he did another blockbuster film called The Godfather. The Godfather. Yes. You take he the gun, you leave the cannoli. <laughs> okay, f- first piece of movie trivia about Brian's song, and I, I, I think this is uh, one of those cool Hollywood stories. Billy D. was not the first choice to play Gail Sayers. Oh. Okay. Do either of you know who was originally cast? And he Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <He was eight. laughs> yes. The, the fetus of Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, no, God. it was Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, wow. Okay. I can see that. When he had hair. And what happened was, and this was before Louis Gossett Jr. was a big star. Like so, this was pre Jaws 3D. Yes, yes. Before he could, Sorry, before he could command, yeah, those those big Jaws 3D dollars. Yeah, Louis Gossett Jr. Um, like shortly before they were supposed to begin filming, he injured himself. Doing what? I, I don't. Playing God foot, only knows. Probably playing. Honestly, playing probably playing he's method football, enough. Yeah. I would believe that yeah. actually. Yeah, but uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, injured himself. And they they said, well, look, you know, we you can't do the movie. We got a schedule. We got to get somebody else in here. And he was heartbroken. Oh. And the writer said, look, Lou, I am going, I'm going to put you in the next thing that I make. I'm going to give you a big part in the next thing that I make to make Jaws it up for you. Three. No, I can't wait to hear what this <laughs> was. Kidding. Well, 
do either of you know the movie that made Louis Gossett Jr.'s career? Also a TV movie, actually a TV miniseries. Rich uh, Man, Poor Man? Nope. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. was in Rich no, Man Poor Man. I'm just throwing. I was about to say that doesn't sound right. Uh, it was. It was one of the most highest rated um, TV. Thorn, thorn birds. No. Uh, Roots. Oh, yeah. You're right. He was fiddler. There in were Roots. There were many, many roles for yeah. him in that one. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> um, Nothing. Nothing at all. Don't worry about it. And he's from the north, Hindsiders. That's yeah, what's really worrisome. All I was um, saying, it was it was a largely African American cast. That is true. But he that was that was the movie that made him uh, a star. Yeah. Which you know, not to say it, but Billy Dee's career kind of sputtered after Empire or after Return of the Jedi. You know, uh, and he didn't even have that big of a role in Return of the Jedi. He was bigger in Empire, no, he was for a lot sure. Bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was the bad guy in Empire. Unfortunately, he turns Han over to the Empire. Yeah. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Star Wars. Oh my God, they're out there. I know they are out there. I know. I'm kind of jealous of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We Just wish, of the new stuff. We wish we were it. one of them. Yeah. Move on. Move on. But yeah. So anyway, so uh, Louis Gossett Jr., the original person who was going to play Gail Sayers, uh, Billy D was brought in after uh, Louis Gossett Jr. was hurt, and here we have this performance that I think, and I'm going to tread lightly here because I know you're a fan of Jimmy Kahn, and I am too. I'm going to say that Billy He's D. Williams. To you, Mr. Brown. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that Billy D. Williams does a better job than Jimmy Kahn. I think Billy oh, D. Williams is amazing. Absolutely. I mean, Jimmy Kahn does an amazing job too, but Billy D's just, he's so believable. He Jimmy Kahn strikes me as almost the Matthew McConaughey of this movie. And I don't mean I that agree. as an insult. He's just got that. How can it not be an insult? <laughs> no, Matthew McConaughey is a brilliant actor, turns out. I mean, I know he cut his teeth on a bunch of rom coms, but he's actually. He's a, one of my all time favorite movies. He's an incredible, which is. Interstellar. Uh huh. I love Interstellar. So, well, not all the Hindsiders know that, so you have to share that information. But uh, Matthew McConaughey is incredible, and so is Jimmy Conn. But Jimmy Conn just has that Matthew McConaughey country boy kind of feel in this movie, you know? Like, which gonna- is which is weird because Piccolo was from like. Boston. Yeah, so, but he has a country accent yeah. <laughs> throughout the movie. Well, he went to college at Wake Forest, North Carolina. Yeah, and I think yeah. they and were he trying. Up, he picked he up that country do, accent. I think he was trying to. You know, but you know, the interesting thing is they were twenty-two years old when they graduated from college. They were 31 and 32, respectively, when they played these roles. Well, good for them. I mean, Lou Perry played a teenager until he died, honestly. So, it, <laughs> yeah. it, so And true. he was in his 50s when he died. So, so true. It, it, in Hollywood, you never know. Yeah. Just like in Mean Girls. I mean, you had, um, uh, you know, Amy Poehler, who was only seven years older than the girl who was playing her daughter. So, oh, yeah. Hollywood, it's all... Uh, age difference happens in Hollywood, Mr. Brown. Are you not familiar with this concept? The shorter you are, the younger you can be. Oh, apparently so. Well, so. why don't why don't we give the audience a synopsis? I have Please it pulled do. up. Yes. I sure can. So, Hindsiders, for those of you like me who may not have seen this movie until recently or haven't seen it at all. What year did it come out? This 70, movie came out in 71. 71. Yes. Release date November 30th, 1971. So, uh... The synopsis is, as such, Brian Piccolo, James Kahn, Jimmy Kahn, as it were, and Gail Sayers, Billy D. Williams, a.k.a. Lando Calrissian, are teammates, magic. Are t- yep, oh my gosh, are teammates yes. in the mid-1960s Chicago Bears. At a time when professional football still 
bears a certain amount of race-based segregation. The growing friendship between the white piccolo and the black sayers, as well as their wives, Joy and Linda, become a symbol of harmony during the civil rights era. That bond grows stronger still when piccolo receives some shattering and unexpected news. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because when you watch this movie, if you've ever heard of it, People will say it's a movie about a guy who has cancer and dies. It is. And, oh, and it's really not. No, there's a lot more to There's this. a lot more a to lot. that. Yeah. Well, and I expected there to be even more. Uh, almost remember the Titans-esque. Uh, yeah. so, but before we miss this point, Jason, you and I were talking about this off camera. You actually asked me why this movie is called Brian's Song. No, seriously. Uh, no, I'm totally honest. No, like, I'm not even it, making fun of you. Because it, yeah. it's, it's kind of a weak title honestly when you when well, you really get down to it, it it's based on a book by gail sayers called mm-hmm. I, I was third i was third yeah and so when they actually made the movie they called it brian's song and why did they do that jason do you remember well, what i said <laughs> well the assumption that we're making is that it's because he sings the, the wake forest fight song yes but that's not like no it doesn't movie it doesn't tie the story together there's no you know character development involved with it it's simply uh, when piccolo and sayers first meet each other in camp when they're training to be on the chicago bears team or trying out for the chicago bears team they keep pranking each other and it starts with piccolo he starts messing with sayers who i have to say has almost a a bubba sort of quality with his mm mm-hmm like, well, he's shy. Way, uh, like, he's shy, shy, but the Very way he jump, the way he juts out his mouth, and yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. like he's sort of like Bubba in Forrest Gump, where he doesn't want to talk, and like he's just. But the point is, they prank each other back and forth while they're oh, yeah. in camp together, and one of the pranks results in Brian Piccolo singing the Wake Forest fight song. Right. Yeah, and that's the only song that happens in the movie, which is fair because he just cost Gail Sayers twenty five bucks in nineteen sixty seven, which money, is like which seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my God, adjusted for inflation in yeah, today's dollars. I, I think that that's how much like a plane in Vietnam cost. Yeah, twenty five dollars. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> And Piccolo is a harmless enough guy. Like I said, he's kind of got the Matthew McConaughey vibe with the whole country boy thing he's got going on. But he's like, oh, man, I'm just kidding with you and whatnot. And one thing that comes up that's about to happen between him and Sayers is Piccolo tells Sayers, thank you. And Sayers doesn't answer him. And this is something that my dad drilled into me as a Southern child. He says, when somebody says thank you, doesn't matter how you feel about them at the time, you always say you're welcome. I agree. My pet peeve. That's how that goes. Because I have a lot of them, but I, really? I, I have like a farm one of, of one of the Rolodex. Yes. In your Rolodex. Yeah. 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 Oh no, my seriously, God. I, I I've gotten to the age where if I say thank you and somebody says, mm-hmm. Oh geez. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, that's I said that's, thank you. You slap them. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So that's when you beat them and you keep making them say, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> say it again. Say, mm-hmm. <laughs> say it again. No, but um, this is this is a movie about friendship. Yes. And it exemplifies, and I've said this before, I think I've said it on the show before, because I think by this point I've said everything on the show. I mean, yeah. what have yeah. we not I, said I don't on know. this damn show? Yes. Oh one, of, one of my favorite uh, types of movies or TV series is one where there's no bad guy. There's absolutely no There's villain. nothing to defeat, exactly. It's a movie about people being nice to each other. And if, as a writer, you can pull that off, it's it's gold. Because but there is a villain. 
There, well, but only in the end. It's a thing. Yeah, but, yes. but not end, something though. you can necessarily defeat, and not something that they can right. face off nobody, together. It's nobody's not. trying to screw. Any, in fact, I, even the Ooh. scene, even the scene where uh, they get hazed. Yes. Yeah. It's you know it's, Which, it's harmless. It's harmless. They've got like oatmeal or something. Yeah. They're chasing. Yeah. This I, I was going to ask. Okay, so the guys are trying out for the Chicago Bears, and it. The, this Which, is where by I, the way, for those of you who don't know, the Chicago Bears used to be a football team. They used to so, be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. A great football team. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> in many, the galaxy, many years far, ago. far away. Hence the Although, Star Wars connection. Gail Sayers never played in a single postseason game, though. Well, there you go. Because he was playing for the Chicago Bears. Oh so. my God! <laughs> but uh, hey, that, I'm, from, I'm from Louisiana. Yeah, I can talk. I was, I was actually going to ask. A saint. I was going to ask about that. So the boys get. <laughs> I had to do that. The boys get hazed when they first join the team, uh, and you think at first that it, there's going to be more contention because their coaches warn them that they're going to be the first white and black man. You know, rooming together. Yeah, that was a big deal in, in the, the 60s. history of the NFL. Yeah. Huge. And yeah. so you think it's going to be more? Remember the Titans? There's going to be more contention yeah. and cross burning and awful picket lines. Yeah. And uh, yeah. but that doesn't really happen. Yeah, there was no scene of Gail, uh, you know, outside going cowards. Yeah, you know. And, and there's no uh, when you see that they're getting hazed when they come out of their dorm together, and you see that the guys are chasing after them with like baked beans yes. or something. But it's just because they're the it, newbies. Exactly. It's not because they're black and white. Exactly. It's, right. it's it's, they, their teammates but never gave an F that, about though. that. But you thought that when, yeah, when first, they first come up, you go, oh, here comes, they're going to be racist. And then you realize two things. One, they're not. And also the Chicago Bears actually provided people to be in this movie and they weren't going to let anyone you know, yeah, they, yeah. Right, and yeah. I wonder if that was part of the contract. We'd have to look that up, I guess. I think it's just like, sort of common sense. If you're going to have, I mean, Dick Butkus and, you know. Uh, guys were, who can whip your Butkus ass. Butkus were just, all there. Yeah, you know, yeah. all the big ones yeah. were playing for the Bears at that time. And George Hallis, come on. Aww. That's the George Hallis. Don't you miss football? Don't you miss the NFL? Because here's the, the thing. The real NFL is yeah. what they're talking well, about, hindsight. here's the thing. The N- oh, there he is, the big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, yep, there he is. Tell oh, us, you yeah, have to explain, yes. Jason, if you're going to call it out on the, the screen. The big Lebowski, who also played in um, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. That's what we I'm don't saying. need Can- no stinking Can- football players. Debbie yeah. says the new sheriff's near. You know, <laughs> hey. Howard Johnson is right. <laughs> <laughs> Different yes. movie, folks. Yes, yes, yes. But no, but the big Lebowski is in this movie, uh, and he plays a lovable. You know, just he, that's and, the thing. You recognize that guy? Oh yeah, he's he was in like I a, love him. He passed away too. Tell Shit. us who it is, guys. Come on. It is Bernie Casey. There you go. He's yeah. been in like eighty films, and one of my favorites, Revenge of the Nerds. I don't know why I find that movie so wonderful. He doesn't have Two his episodes. nerd goggles on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes of Babylon Five. Uh, he he was a oh com- my god, he was a commanding a officer uh, of a of a ship. You know so. Um. You and Jefferson from Revenge of the Nerds. Well, and that see, that's where I thought <laughs> this is where I thought there would be more payoff because they build up this scene with Billy D. Williams, aka Sayers, where they're like, "Hey, they call him in, and he thinks he's being cut from the team right, or something yeah. dramatic or life changing," and they're like. We want you to room with a white boy. We're training you to Cloud City. And then <laughs> <laughs> Han yes. Solo, because he always called him Han. <laughs> Han's going to be your roommate. <laughs> You're going to be living with this, this fella named Han Solo. And Han, I, so whatever. I do love this about Piccolo is that he, he also takes it in stride. Like, it doesn't, it never bothers him. Well, he, do, he doesn't see color. I love that he, about him. He, when he was at Wake Forest, and I... I don't remember the whole story, but I know there was an incident at Wake Forest where he 
he specifically took a black student. I think I guess he was a, a ball player also, and walked up to the front row of the students where 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 they could sit. And people kind of looked, you know, and apparently uh, Piccolo put his arm around the guy. Aww. Like, he's my friend. He's going to stand here right next to me. And there's kind of you a shout out to that in the movie because he's putting his arms around yeah. the other uh, uh, African-American players. But yeah. And this is, gentlemen, I have to segue a little bit because of what you just said, uh, Jason. My, I'm so proud of my dad because he was born in 54. And he was well called, done. Uh, yes, yeah, well, good for him. I know, and he's still around. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. the reason why I'm proud of him is because Wrong he was yeah, yeah. he was in a very he li- he grew up in a very small town, and he was called to his class reunion. It was such a small class. Was he that, born a poor black boy? Yes, <laughs> that's why uh, you'll see uh, where the story is going. But anyway, uh, he was called to his class reunion, and it was such a small school that there was going to be only like a handful of people at the party. And uh, he was told, Morgan, oh, uh, you know, keep it kind of hush hush. We're only inviting certain people. And my dad soon found out that that was a very racist thing. And he was like, oh, you mean like so and so is not invited? So and so is not invited? And they were like, yeah, basically. He goes, well, then you won't see me there because I'm not Good coming to a party him. where everybody's not invited. Good for him. And I was Good like, that's him. my dad. Yes. <laughs> see, that's right, when the right, tears I know it's your dad. Don't bury, oh, the, don't bury the needle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had to bury oh, the needle. That's Morgan this. Rogers. He's a badass. Football Football used to be about. Oh, right. Football. Football used to be about, well, all sport, baseball, basketball, football, any sport. It was all about unifying people. And, and that think, used to be the message. <laughs> that, that, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, this is Piccolo, uh, you know, not to get into politics, but Piccolo and Sayers did more for race relations than Kaepernick has ever done. Well, yeah, because and who the living, hell, it, living uh, it makes all the difference. Find me a person under the age of 40 who has ever heard the name Gail Sayers or Brian Piccolo. You're going to have a hard time. Yeah. That's true. No, because right. honestly, I wasn't terribly familiar with them myself. Like right. I, I had heard several of the names in this movie. It's just that they were all kind of piecemeal. I didn't, I've never seen Brian's song, so it no. wasn't all cohesive for me. So well, I totally agree with you on that. Jason. <laughs> James Conn looks like he's 40 though. He's not, he's, he's not a 22-year-old man. He was born a 40-year-old man, yeah. kind of like how I was born a surly 45-year-old myself. Like, and, and I don't understand why he's being interviewed by a Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, that was the haircut. To Pong uh, from the Vulcan from News Agency. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, and Billy D. So, uh, Hindsiders. Billy D, Billy D. Uh, Billy D, Billy D, Billy D. But, uh, <laughs> Billy D. Williams. Look at that. That's I mean, what football used to. I mean, the running is extraordinary. Oh, he, he was incredible. amazing. It was incredible. A rookie of the year. They're talking oh, about yeah. the raw you know? footage of the old Chicago yes. Bears. As a part uh, of this hindsiders. film, they do, <laughs> yeah. they do incorporate the real footage. Which is, Just like Forrest Gump. Which it's such an amazing thing. And if you, Bad joke. You, you, know, you, think, you think about um, differences in filming or creating a movie back then versus today. Back then, your footage from the NFL was so grainy and bad that with That's the helmet true. on... It could have been anybody. anyone, right? Yeah. And so you can cut back and forth between Louis Gossett Jr. or not Louis, I'm sorry, between Billy D. Williams, right, with the helmet on, Ga- and yeah. <laughs> I can't. I definitely. I was about can't to say. I don't think face. that's going to work. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> I'm it just going to wear it like a crap. Fit your <laughs> noggin. That is my old football helmet from Little League Aww. football, Aww. and I wanted to be a professional football player. How'd that of go? course. <laughs> well, as you can see, not so he's, good. He's yeah. in this studio with Are us now. Are you starting now, to have so. second thoughts? Yes. <laughs> yes, just like uh, every other 
you know, every other strange career pursuit uh, just brings me right back to engineering and healthcare IT. Very exciting. What, what position well, you know, did you play in football, Mr. Brown? I was an end. <laughs> <laughs> Not a tight, a tight end. end. <laughs> Not a tight end. Damn it. Don't go there. Topper bottoms. Yes. Stern yet sensual skipper of the USS Rough Service. Well, what I loved, what I loved, uh, just a little backstory. <laughs> I remember seeing this movie when it was on TV long before both of you were born. And it made me weep. Oh, yeah. It made me Aww. weep. And it made fact, America weep. It, and, and it was broadcast, like in the old days, every year, like The Wizard of Oz. Oh, Brian, Brian what time of on. year, though? Like, when would they it play this? Fall. It was usually during Thanksgiving yeah. during time frame. Football yeah. they, season? They would, they would have it played it. Season, they would have yeah. tied it in to the beginning yep. of football season, probably. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, you know, I just remember crying at the very end. But I, don't, I did not remember the racial component as it, a child. Well, but when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, wow, that's that's big stuff. Yeah, it, the segregation and the the racism are pretty heavy in this movie. Well, it's it's not so much that that's heavy. What this what I like about it is that it's again, not it's, it's not a movie between, about people everyone in the movie is just trying to do the right thing. They are, but you know? I'm I'm primarily saying especially not between the best friends because one thing that I can relate to is between Truly best friends, nothing's off limits. Oh, no. So, for instance, uh, Mr. Brown thought that this movie was going to make Darth Jader cry, uh, Hindsiders, and I'll tell you why it didn't. Because it is a movie, spoiler alert, about a man dying of cancer, ultimately. And uh, my very best friend in the universe had cancer, and she kicked it in the face. So, shout out to Meg. You're the strongest, most badass bitch that's ever happened in the history of the ever, ever. And she loves it when I exploit her cancer to, uh, you know, cheer for her. So uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. You can't make me cry with cancer, Mr. Brown, because Meg's well, stronger than cancer. I, I, I will posit one of the reasons why you didn't cry. Tell me why I didn't cry, Jason. I'm positing. This, this, this is my theory. I think for a guy. A postulation. As guys, we don't have too many, like, close friends, you know, like that we just, like a brother. Right. You know, okay. you watch a movie like this, and I don't think you can help but think about whoever your best friend is and what it just, you would be gutted. But it already happened you know? to me. Like, and here's the story. No, 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 no. I'm talking about... Well, wait, not Meg. You're talking about... No, Meg. Like well, my but, very... she, but she lived. Meg is still with us. Yes, I know. But the thing is, when we didn't know that that was a certainty, yeah. I was at my job and she. I was one of the few people that she told me when she was even being tested in the first place because she found a lump and that was horrible. And I was at work when she texted me and just goes, it's cancer. I stared at the corner of the wall that I faced for about an hour and didn't move. I was like a lizard. I just, I couldn't emote. I couldn't do so now, anything. Now the tears I, are going to come. No, but they're you, not. You didn't, you didn't cry then either, did you? you kept no, I didn't because I, I was. She is stone cold. She I'm, is I'm heartless. I, I'm dead inside. Hindsiders. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it just. Death is horror. part of life. Stop <laughs> weeping. <laughs> I forget you to are, make waffle. <laughs> get over it. We will all die. Yeah. No, but One she. Day. Well, which is, which is totally true. You know, I, I mean, that, and I think that's one of the things about watching a movie like this when you're young. And I saw it on, I think, ABC with my dad. My dad, you know, 
you know, I'm not crying. You're crying. Shut up. Go do your homework. But, you know, <laughs> but tell us like, so what's the difference between men and women in that case? Because I seriously like I because I'll never movie, have another Meg. I well, won't. Well, this movie is a very much guy friend movie. Well, and it's there's guy love. and there's not a lot of movies that really explore that real emotional part where it's, you know, you meet somebody and it's like it's like a brother. You know, and, 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 you know, I'm going to do everything to keep you, you know, alive. I'm going to take care of you and you're going to do the same for me. And most movies, you know, guys don't come off like that. They're, they're too know. macho to even need friends or whatever. Yeah. I like that. And part, they though. fuck with each other. Yo. And that's oh, and, big time. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm t- like <laughs> one of the lessons I've tried to drive into my son's skull. And I think I've finally done it is when you're around kids and they rip on you. If they're your friends and they're ripping on you, that's fine. That's good. Oh yeah, that's like, that's what you want. We, uh, my my best friends in life, were like, we wouldn't fuck with you if we didn't like you. That's that's what it comes down to. And right. Meg, Meg and I are kind of the same way. We and, always prided ourselves on that. It's it, we've got more of a quote unquote dude relationship because you know we rip on each other all the time. She's like, hey Jade, smell this for me, and I'm like. Oh, wait, what is Thanks, she asking that's you to great. smell? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like she, I, I feel she like just, it does. It does to me. <laughs> candles. I, I'm starting to get interested yeah. in your Candles, in your, in your food, like regular stuff. What the oh, hell is wrong oh. with guys? Okay, maybe we're not that much like guys, Skillet. Like, real, I don't know. Guess where my finger's been. Sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are so Turk and JD. That's adorable. So, um, yes. Anyway, moving on. But the sad So guys thing mess is, with each other. Yeah, but the sad thing is, speaking about the guys messing with, with each other, which, and, and guys will We'll do that for all sorts of reasons. One, we just love it. We love messing with our friends. But two, it's a way for us to motivate. And, you know, I, I can, if I'm trying to do something nice for you, I can, I can do it in a way where I'm sort of insulting you. And that way we don't have to deal with the emotion of it. Oh, yeah, and, because and, you don't want to, like, condescend to your friends. No. Well, and the scene in this movie that I think most encapsulates that. The leg lift. Is the scene that they. The racist they, level, it, leg lift. It's not <laughs> racist. It's totally not. Because even Billy D. Williams is like, okay, so hindsight. No, just Billy give, D. Well, okay, in the scene. To give some context. Okay, yeah. Which so, he's injuring himself right now yes, in the field yes, as yes. we speak. So Sayers, the real person, Billy D. Williams, he, I. Uh, he injures his knee very badly in play on the field. And what Piccolo tells him, they get real after a moment, but Piccolo actually shows up to Sayer's house uninvited. By the way, did you recognize the house? It was not bewitched, was it? Bewitched. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that. Yeah, it's the bewitched house. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. I was doing I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I messed up. But yep. um, yeah, it, it, so it is the bewitched house. Mrs. Kravitz. I was waiting for Mrs. Kravitz to look yeah. in the Durwood window. <laughs> pulling up in his car. But uh, so the point is that Piccolo shows up uninvited and actually builds a rehabilitation, yeah. you know. Uh, in the basement. Like yeah. a leg lift device. In the, yeah, a leg lift device. In the, in the, the low budget basement set. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in Jason's uh, shop where he builds yeah. his models. Yeah. Right. And man uh, cave. Piccolo. Yeah. His man cave. <laughs> and, uh, but Piccolo shows up and he's like, hey, you've got to, you know, rehabilitate. You got to get better because I'm going to beat you next season. And it's all, you know, buddy, well, buddy for well, a minute that- until they have to get real with each other. Because yeah. Sayers is about to give up on himself. But then Piccolo has to get real. And the, he doc- says, the doctor told Piccolo. People who are in this situation by themselves, they give up. Yes. 
They, and, and well, so, that's later. Yeah. That's not Piccolo picks up on that, doesn't he? Uh, I thought that was before. I thought that was. Oh, no, maybe, because okay, it's you're right. when he's maybe running in the park. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. when he's running in the park later. So Piccolo knows this before the doctor does, and Piccolo sort of does it. He makes it. Is this a thing with guys? I have to ask you both because uh, Piccolo makes it look like it's selfish because he goes, "I want to be it, the first position as, in what we do." Because as men. We like to avoid the emotion. I know, but... And that is how he got... No, men do that. That's what I'm asking. No, totally true. Totally legit. You know, like, I don't need your help. I'm not helping you, asshole. I'm I want to be me. better than you. Right. Yeah. I want to be right. better than you, but I'm going to do it fair. So shut the fuck up and let's do this. And that's exactly what Piccolo that's, says. Yeah. Like, he's like, I, I was the best at what I... He, he used to be a big fish in a small pond. Now he's a, he's a smaller fish in a much bigger pond. And <clears throat> Sayers is... But just, he was number two at Wake Forest. That's yeah. What, and that's what he was saying. But now Sayers is better than he is. Yeah. So he's telling Sayers, you know, I'm I'm going to be better than you and I've got to get you feeling better and back up to 100%. Otherwise, I'm not the best. Right. So that... Well, wasn't he number two in high school? Oh, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, I was about to say. I thought it was high school. He set the, the national record yeah. in Russia. Russia. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and the thing is, what he recognized was, is, is he was a big fish in a small pond and it's not as satisfying. Mm-mm. Right. And, and Piccolo is a scrapper. He is yeah. not a natural... You know, Gail Sayers could, could roll out of bed. Well, he's a guinea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is a too. guinea? You don't know what a guinea is? <laughs> a wop. I just uh, a dago. <laughs> a dago. Yes, I'm married to one. I can say you, you can things. you can abuse white people. <laughs> now, that's, but, a, that's funny that you don't know that. That was a standard term I don't in the seventies. Yeah, that, that's oh, it. really? That's it. When I didn't exist? Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You aren't Imagine. forty. You aren't forty-five, right? Pic- Piccolo is an eye tie. Only emotionally, darling. He's an only Italian. Yes, he he's loves an Italian. pizza and pasta. Yes. Oh yeah, because they, oh, that's another thing. The the racial well, component. Getting back to that scene that we're talking about, you were, we were building up to the scene where. Piccolo is trying to motivate uh, Sayers. Sayers. Mm-hmm. And so he tries, and I won't say it, obviously, right. but he, he tries, the he tries yes, the to N-word. use the N-word, yes. and Sayers loses it with laughter because it's so ridiculous. He, he even calls he's, his wife down, and he's like, Piccolo just tried to call me the N-word. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And, then, they all and, laugh. and Piccolo says, what if I called you a WAP? And then Sayers is like, oh, they want I would have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> Without <laughs> papers. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it... It's funny how between best friends Have anything you ever seen goes. Jiu-jitsu? Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> yes, especially when you know where the motivation is coming from, because you know Meg has done that to me. I've done that to her. Where I'm like, all right, get your shit together. Come on, let's go. Right, get off your ass and, 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 and like move. And like the, the, and, yeah. we've done that to each other. Yeah. Like it, you just got to find different strategies for it. And yeah. nothing's out of bounds when that comes to best friends. Right. It, you just forgive each other. But, you but might I'm be thinking, mad. I'm thinking that what he recognized in high school, because he had someone just ahead of him, it motivated him to be the best that he could because he was competitive, naturally competitive. Yeah. Yeah. When he went to Wake Forest, he just crushed everyone. And it's like, okay, I'm the, he leveled I'm, out. I'm the greatest. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm the greatest yeah. here. What kind of satisfaction is that? Now he's in the same situation he was in high school. Surrounded by college girls, probably a lot. <laughs> but, okay. No, I know what Well, it's kind of like King Louis is. syndrome. He he reached the top tier that he was going to reach, and now he's looking for another challenge. When Alexander surveyed the breath of his domains, he wept <laughs> for the, there were no more worlds to conquer. Oh, my God. Bingo. That was Wake Forest <laughs> yeah, for that him. that was Wake Forest. Yes. He was like, He's like a little Ruta Kanicki, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening. You don't right know now. what a Ruta Kanicki is? No. He doesn't, she doesn't know what a Ruta Kanicki is? It's a Sean Astin. 
A Frodo. <laughs> no, not a Frodo. You ever see the movie uh, Rudy? Well, yeah, Frodo. No, yeah, I haven't Frodo. seen Rudy. I know oh the gist gosh. of it. This poor girl. It's okay. yeah, we, we, Rudy, we need to educate this yeah. lady. He's petting me to calm me down. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. There right used now. to be sports movies when they would make sports movies. At the sports end, movies. at the end of the movie, the entire audience, even though they knew how it was going to turn out, you know, it was you know uh, uh, the giant, not the Giants. Who won the pennant? Uh, was it the Giants? San Francisco Giants. The they Giants did it one the time. The Giants won the They're having a guy uh, off. Yeah. No, but sports movies used to be about at the end of the movie. Everyone in the audience came together. And well, yeah. Everyone was rooting for this. I mean, uh, Major League, which is a ridiculous comedy. At the end of Major League, you're That's rooting the one with Charlie Sheen, right? For Charlie <laughs> See, Sheen, that one yeah. I'm seeing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no. But going back for just a second, we do need to take a quick break. Let's just bounce out for one second, reset the clocks, and we'll be back. No. And we're back, Hindsiders. Welcome. Uh, so we're actually in the midst of Sayers rehabilitating uh. <laughs> himself alongside Piccolo, who took the time to build the machine, the leg lift machine that Sayers needs to get back to 100% so that Piccolo can beat him at 100%. Because that's all, very important. Can I just point out, if this, if, if uh, the rookie of the year for the Chicago Bears injured Duh, his knee in 2021... <laughs> Can you imagine the medical unit, the constellation of doctors? Oh, God. The millions of dollars that would be spent. This guy's just in a crappy set of a basement that doesn't even look like a real. It's got like a bookshelf with especially with some some bottles. And they wouldn't leave it up to a fellow player these days. It it would 100 percent. It wouldn't be a doctor just releasing Sayers from the hospital saying, hey, buddy, I know it's like. It's like uh, Mr. Fron, like that's his, you know, visitation buddy. (laughs) Got to walk him through it. Well, but also, too, how much does Rookie of the Year pull down from the Chicago Bears compared to how much Gale Sayers was pulling down? I honestly have no idea, but I'm sure it's it's a a big difference. The the financial investment that the Chicago Bears had made in in Sayers up to this point was minuscule. If Jerry Maguire has taught me anything, (laughs) but uh, there was a big transition in the 80s and yeah, in in sports. But uh, let me ask you, gentlemen, because I I don't know much about the behind the scenes as far as football goes, but is there like a buddy system in sports professionally? Like is that? Not anymore. Like it's they're all free agents. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're trying to. Everybody's out for themselves. The, the, the whole idea that it would be like a thing about rooming together. I mean, nobody rooms together I, anymore. Yeah, they all have their own rooms. Yeah. I would assume, like their agents have or their managers or whatever you want to call them, have negotiated those terms for them. I suppose. But uh, that was one thing that I noticed is that they were basically staying in like a college dorm <laughs> when they were right. even being recruited. Uh, but this is the point where, uh, so uh, Hindsiders, Adam and I were texting each other about this movie because Darth Jader has never seen it uh, until last night, actually. And um, we were talking about foreshadowing. Do you remember our conversation about yes, that, Adam? Yes, I do. Because mm-hmm. you thought that the foreshadowing happened later. And in fact, it happens during this race season where, scene, excuse me, where Jimmy Kahn is racing Billy D through the park. And uh, I, I love this scene. I'm sorry. I just love it. Oh, it's the, beautiful. the slow motion scene. And he falls, and then you got this hesitation. Did he damage his knee again? Yep. And he's like, boom, no, he gets up again and he runs. Pops uh, right back up. By the way, I just looked it up. The minimum salary 
minimum salary. I'm about to be green in the national <laughs> in the National Football League. Any any guesses? Two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, in the millions, right? Six hundred and ten thousand oh, wow. dollars. That's the minimum salary. Wow! Wow! Things yeah. have changed a lot. The minimum. Yes. That's, Jim, Jim, Thorpe, just, Jim Thorpe and made two dollars a game. Yeah. That's if you suck. Yeah. And he got all of his Olympic medals taken away. Yeah, for two dollars well, a baseball game. The uh, in in uh, the Native American guy, right? Oh, in the twenties. In the twenties, no, no, I had to look it up after you texted me about it. So it was partly because he's Native American, or like, what was the contention between between like the medals that he won? They or, can save money. <laughs> no, I'm. Oh. No, no. I, this, like, so there, there's a, I don't know anything about just, this. Just because th- this kind of rolls nicely into the the discrimination against non-white people in sports. So Jim Thorpe in the, in the 1912 Olympics in Stockholm, you know, he was the world's greatest athlete ever in humanity. Yeah. There is. Yeah. Okay. In fact, if you look at look at Jim Thorpe. He played baseball. He played basketball. He played. He started the NFL. He played. You know. He played. You know. Football. He did everything. He won the pentathlon. He won the decathlon. He won all. All these gold medals in the in the uh, the twenty nineteen twelve nineteen twelve Olympics. But what happened was because he, he was the first Indian, and they didn't like Indians back then. They stole his shoes before the decathlon. They stole his shoes. Who he went stole in, his shoes? Nobody knows. Yeah. He went into his bag and his shoes were gone. It could have been a teammate. It could have been a competitor. It could have been yeah. anything, right? Stole his shoes before the decathlon. Yeah. Someone super high on cocaine, because they all did that back then. <laughs> they stole might his, have. Stole his and they were shoes. darty enough to get away. <laughs> like, and I will, I will show you this picture. He went to his team, and his team came up with one extra shoe. We got one shoe. It was too small for him. He squeezed it on. He had one shoe. He went into the garbage, found another shoe, which was three sizes too big. He put on four tube socks and still won eight of the ten events in the decathlon and took the gold medal. This guy is freaking oh, amazing. Yeah. He he lost his he lost the medals because Damn. of some bullshit rule. He he played yeah. he played baseball one summer and they paid him two dollars a game. And he lo- they took away what? all of his medals. Because you had to be an amateur. And that was and a professional. That was a professional. He was a professional. Yeah. Isn't that right? Oh, my God. That was it. Okay, now yeah. I, you guys had so many ties between this movie and every other movie. Like, James Conn was an elf. We covered that. Like, I get it. Godfather. Now I understand a joke from Friends. Okay. That Jennifer Aniston told when she was a waitress at the coffee house at Central Park because... Uh, she said that she was maintaining her amateur status okay. as a waitress so that she could waitress in the Olympics. Oh. There you go. And uh, I've I've always uh, like gotten that on a base level, but I didn't understand that that was a specific reference to go. Mr. Thorpe. Oh there my god. Go. <laughs> yeah, no. He when you look at what he did. In fact, I was watching a little thirty minute. Because they finally got his medals back, maybe yeah. fifteen years, twenty years ago. Yeah, it was in the eighties. Yeah, was in the eighties. Was it yeah, posthumous it was, it was, medals? Oh my oh, god, yeah. he died in fifty three. Yeah, yeah. He died in fifty three. Yeah, that's. Mm. Oh, he died before he, my dad he was played, even he born. He played professional fo- football. He played professional baseball. He played. Prof- he played everything. There was mm-hmm. nothing, and they had they had Ike Eisenhower played against him in college. He was in Army, and and I think that uh, Jim Thorpe was. I don't remember what school. Army he went had a to. half day mother. <laughs> yes, but he was just like Thorpe was amazing. Every person they interviewed, they had never seen anyone who could pick up a javelin and throw it, who could do anything. 
he was the world's greatest. He just athlete. naturally had the ability to. He just had that genetic makeup that made him wow. anything he did. He was the greatest at yeah. it, and That's and every, and every competitor hands down agreed with it. But what the point the point I was trying to make is he worked very hard to get African Americans into the NFL mm-hmm. to to make into the into the uh, and and not um, Major League Baseball NFL. He started. He was one of the the original. With George Hallis, who's in Wait, this movie. Wait, African Americans or Native Americans? African African Americans. He he wanted everyone yeah. to. He wanted his, everyone. Yeah, to he play. wanted everyone to be in. Okay, because I oh because again, sports throughout my entire everyone. life, it's about unifying. <laughs> and you um, go out on the field. When you step out on the field, it doesn't matter. It's the ultimate equalizer. Well, it, it's, it's about ability. It's not. It's about, about ability. Yeah, it's, it's not about it's, anything. Yeah, else. it's really not an equalizer. What it is is. You go out and you step on that field, whether it's a football field, uh, a hockey rink, a baseball diamond, a basketball court, you are there with whatever you bring. But that's what makes it an equalizer. It has nothing to do with the color of your skin, like how tall you are, however, like whatever. Because you've got Muggsy Bogues versus a guy like Shaq and, you know, completely different abilities, but they bring different things to the table. By the way, to to divert the conversation back to filmmaking. Oh, right. One one thing that I love about watching uh, movies from this period is how anytime they went outside, there was always a change to cheaper film stock. Yes, of course. There has to be. Yeah, and it it was amazing because, like, you know, later in the 70s, you would get an even more stark contrast because when they were on a set, they would shoot video. Yeah, and then they if they were outside, the yeah. then they would shoot kind of film. like with Forrest Gump, yeah. where it's it's higher quality, and they couldn't even help it when he's you know with LBJ or whatever in the right. the graininess <clears throat> versus the higher quality that Tom now, how Hanks do you think is they in. Did that? Were they all extras in the in that stadium, or did they just jump into it maybe a game and do some shots? I, I or was something? I was actually wondering if they had actually oh. gone into a game yeah. and done it. Um, but the thing is, if you know, if you're in Chicago, hey, we're filming a movie. Who wants to be in a movie? I'll Every, be in everyone movie. shows up. Come to you the know. film. We'll give you each a hot, a free yeah. hot dog. You get a free hot dog. <laughs> you, you know, you, you and the cost of and a brat. You get a free brat and the free and brat and a beer. Yeah, free They're all beer. left over from this and past weekend's yeah. game. Uh, I really want to go to that. That whenever they were jogging, to yes. me, it's like so. Wait, at the end of your jog, you you end up at a place that sells you beer. Well, I think uh, I could get into jogging now. No, that's a great segue into what I was about to go back to. So thank you, Jason, because the the reason why the guys are racing in the first place is because Piccolo is trying to, you know, inspire Sayers into getting healthy again and really sprinting all out, going 100 percent. And Mr. Brown and I were having not a debate, but we were texting about the difference between foreshadowing, because do you remember what you said about foreshadowing? I did. Yes. What did you say? <laughs> I, I, don't, I remember saying something about foreshadowing, but I don't remember what it was. Okay, so uh, you thought that foreshadowing came later in the movie than it did, when in fact foreshadowing mm. appeared in the park when they were racing each other, Piccolo and Sayers, to the beer stand yeah. where uh, they're both panting and breathing heavily and... Uh, Sayers actually beats Piccolo to the beer stand, and that's great. So Piccolo owes him the beer, and that's great. It's awesome. It's an uplifting moment. But then you hear Piccolo say, yeah, Sayers, you're healthy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the you're one, healthy. The, the that's one, the point. The, the one that, that I thought was foreshadowing was when they were on the scale, 
in the, in that the, comes after the yeah, race, though. Yeah, but uh, that was that was the first thing that jumped the, out. That's what, that, I, that's yeah, what the, I told them. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, you guys beat me to it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, Adam said that, yeah, foreshadowing when he starts losing the weight and he's like a few milliseconds behind his time. Yeah. and what uh, He's off his game. Yeah, he's he is. He's off his game. And oh, this is where the Archer reference comes in, gentlemen. <laughs> so Sayers and Piccolo are in their room together and uh, Jimmy Kahn is is complaining about being sent home. He doesn't like the fact that he's got to get a checkup and he's got to get checked out, but he really complains about being diagnosed in a Chinese restaurant. Little column A, little column B. (laughs) And that's that's quoted in Archer more than once. Well, one of the other interesting things about his diagnosis is that and he had a very rare type of cancer. Do I need to look it up? Uh, you can, but I can't pronounce it. I, I can see the word. It's complex. Yeah. Does this have subtitles? Just curious. Not on YouTube. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, oh, no. it's yeah, YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, you, the mean whole, you got it free on YouTube? Yeah, the whole it movie. Didn't, it didn't yeah. on Amazon as far as I could see, but maybe that was yeah, the user error. free on I YouTube. I paid $4? So did I. Oh, my God. Don't worry. Always, it wasn't just you. Always okay. it was start me with too. YouTube. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the thing is, though, the type of cancer he had, while it metastasized and it was in his lungs and his abdominal wall and all that, Embryonal cell carcinoma. Yeah, it started off in his testicles. It was originally testicular cancer that metastasized away from that. Oh, because they focused on his lungs in the movie. Well, that it once it it. No, I understand. That's whenever he found it. I understand that, but like, oh wow, they only mentioned the lungs in the movie. Well, the two things about it that are odd is that one, they couldn't say testicle, so they couldn't actually specify the type of cancer he had in the movie. Oh. And the other that thing. That was a forbidden word. Where is the N word? Yeah. You can say that freely. Say that everywhere. Yeah. It's a whole different world, isn't it? Like oh. being pregnant. You can't say that on I Love Lucy, no, you but can. you can no, sure you as hell say the N word. Yeah. But um, you can say midget, though. The <laughs> other thing about this, though, is that in the it's movie. The N word. In the movie, you know, a, a big part of the conflict, and, and it's actually very creative the way they do it, where he has the first surgery, he comes out of the first surgery. And, very there's positive, this, and there's yeah. this very big moment where it's revealed there's there's more cancer. You're going to have to have surgery again. And then that ultimately leads to his death. Right. And one, see, of, one of the controversies about this, though, is that people looking back at it have severely criticized the doctors. Basically saying for their method. Yeah. Well, basically saying you knew at this point there was no saving this guy. So instead of putting him through this, I mean, they took this horrible they, invasive they, surgery. They, they took that, all this tissue out of his his chest and everything. They should have focused on quality of life, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It depends on the patient. To be absolutely fair, I yeah. can tell you as a person who's experienced this through others. Unfortunately, it it depends on what the patient chooses. And Piccolo's main thing in life he wanted to get back on the field like whenever sayers came oh, he to was see sure him, he was going to and when yeah. but it, and that was his determination he he was like oh i'm gonna get you next next year at camp i'm gonna get you like i'm gonna outrun you i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna outdo you that that was his whole deal in life so even if the doctors had told him piccolo you're not gonna play football anymore he wouldn't have listened no he wouldn't have from you know just based on the character i I, I don't think, know much I, about I, him as a person. I obviously. think I think Piccolo. My impression is that if it had gotten through his head that he could have lived but never played football again, he would have figured out a way of doing something that would have helped people. 
Because he oh, was, absolutely. he was a just. He, he, when you look at what people describe him as, the His word positivity was the, infectious. Yeah, the word generous comes up every single time. Aww. In fact, I saw a video of an interview that was done with uh, his Piccolo's widow, wi- his widow, who is Joyce, since, Joyce, mm-hmm. uh, who is you know since remarried, but she's still. I the, would hope so. It's it, been the, like fifty years. The video was was good for her. Something it was. Uh, they were either giving him a posthumous award or they were starting some sort of posthumous like charity thing. Mm-hmm. She still apparently receives those on his behalf, Aww. you know, and she was very, and, and she was talking to the interviewer who clearly didn't know too much about him. Aww. And that was, that was what came up over and over. It was, this is what he would have loved. He was, he just wanted to help people and give and give and give. And, you know, I, I, I think if there had been a way for him to make it out of this, even if he had to give up football, I think he was the sort of person, and I think this is why to he's To build so up endearing. others and find exactly. a purpose that way. Well, look like, what he said. He said, hey, there's a little girl. She wants your autograph. Yes. Oh, my God. The little girl. That was the only thing that... It, I, that was a heart I cried. That I was, cried. That I was, was like shaking my wife's like, are you crying? <laughs> no. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. No, I'm not I, crying. You're crying. No, I, I would deny it 10 years ago, but I'm I'm just like, whatever. Oh, eh, who cares? But it, yeah. Yeah, so Please, what I ta- watched the Goldbergs and I cried. Oh. What... <laughs> What uh, the boys are trying to say, Hindsiders, is that there's this side story when uh, Piccolo goes to the hospital. There's a little girl who was submitted for a similar procedure, if not well, the she, exact same, uh, said, the same day. Yeah, he, where, he just said she went for sur- She had her at surgery the same time at the same time as yeah. me. And uh, when Sayers comes to visit Piccolo in the hospital, uh, Piccolo is trying to cheer her up, even going into surgery himself by saying, oh, well, I know Mr. Sayers, you want his autograph? I'll get it for you. And he's just so sweet to her. And, even and though of he, course, Gail Sayers is like, absolutely, where is she? Yeah, because uh, you know? as Gail is on his way out, Piccolo reaches for him and he's like, Joyce, show him to that little girl downstairs and make sure that Gail gets her gets her his autograph. You don't mind, do you? Absolutely not, man. Like, that's just that. And that's that's honestly and I'm not going to go back into the story, but that's why I have the Carrie Elway story when Meg was sick and that was our hero. And that was somebody that we've loved since we were kids. I was getting that damn autograph for Meg when she was sick. Well, it was my mission. That, that's <laughs> I love you, Skillet. I really do. That's an interesting idea for a story because I was I was, it was actually, huh? Uh, See, there's a, there's let, substance a, to it. Yeah, let's put a <laughs> we pin have in to that. take a break. Yeah, we'll come, yeah, no, 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 no. We've still got no. We're only oh, okay, seventeen. We're all but right. What I was going to say is though is that people who are working doing, um, you know, screenwriting and and uh, screenwriting for for TV in particular. Uh huh. If you make something where there's no bad guy and the entire conflict is people trying to do good, here's the example. Go back and watch the first two seasons of Downton Abbey. Remember Downton Abbey, biggest show ever. Everyone I love was going that you've crazy. seen Downton Abbey and I've never seen it. Oh yeah, I've watched. Yeah, oh I, I, I watched Downton Abbey up to a point, and we'll get that. Then all, you were done with it. Okay. There's a whole conversation about when that stopped. We'll talk but, about this off camera. Yeah, but no. But <laughs> if you watch the first two seasons of Downton Abbey, a huge portion of that show is literally people finding out that someone that they care for has a problem, and then. Trying to fix that person's Scheming problem. Scheming to fix it, yes. Like, and, and, and it's like, well, wait, there's no bad guy. Everybody's just trying to help each other. And the conflict is 
well, life. Life. Yeah. The conflict. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, life is the or bad guy. Life as it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Life yeah. as yeah. it should be, because honestly, whenever, and it's such a cliche thing to say these days, but whenever you hear about somebody having a problem, you say, "Well, if there's anything I can do to help, you just let me know." Right. And it's weird because our strange counterculture has come down on that idea where it's like, no, you should ask specific questions like, oh, can I bring you by a casserole? Can I come and clean your bathroom? Can I do this? And it's like, no, no, no. That's still a nice concept. Like people mean it when they still give you the generic, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. But in our generation, for some reason, that's like insulting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or if you say to somebody like, oh, I just lost my, my, my mother and you go, well, I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? Well, you know you what? didn't have anything to do. Well, with you know it. what? Fuck but, you then. But that's what you yeah. were supposed to say, right? It's yeah. Condolences, Exa- right? Exactly. By condolences. Yeah. But you know that the people who offer these days are brave enough to actually yeah. give that blank check, as it were. So this it's is just, the scene. Yeah. yeah. This is oh, the scene. She's not with she, us anymore. Oh, we'll go to her house. We'll deliver yeah. it to her house. <laughs> Sends the little girl away. Ixnay on the and, little girl leg. Not even Ixnay's Ed day. I know. Not even passed away. Oh no, she's dead. Yeah. You know, she's at least pretty, she scoots the, the little girl, the other little girl. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the name of the actress who plays Joyce. Yeah, that's that her name? Uh, let me Fabre. find out. She reminds um, me. He's got it all. She up. reminds me. And this Nanette's, is gonna, Nanette's niece, Shelley Fabre. OK, yeah. She Shelley. was in the Donna Reed show. Yes. As a little girl. And also in Clambake as Elvis Presley's girlfriend. Really? Yeah. Ooh, lucky girl. She, she yeah. reminds me. <laughs> Good for her. I love For some bait. reason, do you remember Jane Seymour from Live and Let Die? Yes, you're right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. You're, I actually know what you're talking yeah, about for I, a damn change. <laughs> the whole movie I went, she reminds me of Jane Seymour. Yeah, I can see it. I can see more it. Apparently she was the wife in the TV series Coach, too. I, I didn't, I never watched Coach, I don't know anything. But, oh, here's Coach? Some more, Wait, here. she was the wife in Coach? She was the wife in Coach. Shelley Favre. Favre. Here's oh, my God. I, I watched every episode of Coach. You can actually see in this footage, gentlemen, sorry to interrupt you, you can see where he hurt his knee. Uh, where they actually go back to the literal oh, old footage. All and the can, old footage. You can see where he uh, Sayer starts to limp after his ba-da-bop, knee injury. Ba-da-bop, 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 ba-da-bop. <laughs> you know what, idiot? If you're going to dedicate a game ball to somebody, right. <laughs> at least game. win the game. <laughs> Oddly, that it never seems to work out that way. Yeah. Context, gentlemen, context. No, there's there's another... Uh, a lot um, of our listeners don't live in America, so... Oh, that's right. For all you Australians out there. And oh, Japanese. This is, this is in French. Soccer. Oh, this wait a minute. You all. Yeah, I was about to say, in that case, we need to clarify when we say football. Right. <laughs> we're not talking about soccer. It's, we're not, if we're, you're watching, it's this ball here. Yeah, the one that looks like a rugby ball. Yes. That's right. And not we wear that, this not that pansy-ass <laughs> game that uh, you play with your feet. Yeah, I said it. I'm There's a, a soccer goalie what? within reaching distance oh my across gosh. the wait, table Wait, a soccer goalie. Isn't that like a drummer in a rock band? <laughs> We're going to take a break, Hindsiders, because I'm about to beat the holy hell out of Jason. Maybe we should take take a break. break. I may have to use the restroom. Uh, Hopefully, I will be back (laughs) in about one second. We'll see. And we're back. 
I don't think he's ever said that before. Far more inebriated than we were moments ago because the break was a you. little longer. It only seemed like a second <laughs> to you folks, but we've been drinking pretty heavily. We were arrested. We bailed out. We're about. back. Everything's fine. I was I've in prison. Coffee. I dropped the soap. <laughs> it was ugly. And now we're back. Oh, yeah. that's some hot coffee. Oh, my no, but, but I, to, to what uh, Jason was saying, you know, the 40s, 50s, and 60s were just great period. In, uh, and really? Even in Do you 70s. remember those periods, Mr. Brown? <laughs> yeah, the 40s. You mean anti-flow? No. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> He's talking I, about girl jokes. <laughs> Get it? Remember okay. those periods? Okay. I don't remember them, but um, stories were told. Now, my father went to high school with a person who eventually became a professional football player for the New York Giants. <laughs> he played with Frank Gifford. Uh, okay. Alec Webster was his name. He was the halfback. Frank Gifford was the fullback. Wyatt Tittle was the quarterback. <laughs> he eventually became Tittle. the head coach of oh. the Giants. And, and he led them to numerous losses. Losses. Many, <laughs> yeah. many, many losses. Uh, yeah. No. His head co- Now, his professional sports playing period, I mean, he set records that are still held by the Giants. He, he was a fantastic player. As a coach, not so much. But his name was Alec Webster. And three years before he died, I brought Danger to go visit him. Oh, look at this. That's cute. Let's get it. You got yeah, to get, get, get a video of that. And he was one of those rough and tumble football players, barroom brawler, but the sweetest guy you ever met. Look at Danger. How old is Danger in this picture? He would have been uh, one and a half. Oh, oh, oh Danger. And there he is with Fran Tarkenton. You ever heard of that name yeah. before? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was the quarterback for the Vikings, but he was with the Giants before the Vikings. You know, I, 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 I will dark say. How hair is, Mr. Brown? Oh, <laughs> it was still on. coloring it at the I time. I was giving him a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. You know, I actually. Um, you were still. <laughs> I, yes, just, I, was. I just heard that. Out of all the football fan groupings. I, I've known a lot of Giants fans, and they're the most enjoyable to hang out with. Why is that? Well, they, I think they're sort of like Saints fans, which I know a lot of because I'm from Louisiana. You're and, from Louisiana? Yeah, believe it or not. Hold on. And, and with Saints fans, it's, we love the Saints. We understand they suck. <laughs> yes. We totally get it. We root for our hometown team, yeah, damn it. You know, but we won one Super Bowl, okay? Yes, so Drew Brees got us. That's true. You know, I okay, do so. know that. But, like, the Giants fans I know, it's like there's this weird sort of, like, the Giants are good, but not great. Great. Yeah. And it's fun hanging out with them because when they lose, they kind of saw it coming. And they, they, they're, they understand they're, they're more chill. They don't like riot in Boston or anything Well, like that. It, it's not like, 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 uh, uh, the Chicago fans who they just get yeah. mad every time they get so mad. They get mad at the bears. Yeah. Like the Dull bears cheated them. But you're thinking when the Super Bowl emerged back in the sixties when it started, but before the Super Bowl, yeah. I, there was like out of eight championship games, the giants won like Four or five of them. Yes. I'm talking in the 50s. They were like, say, they were a preeminent team. They were dominating. That's true. I was thinking of a period less than 60 years ago. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. yes. yes. Back well, when football Sam, was actual football. Yeah. Yes. The so New York said. Giants who don't play in New York. <laughs> no, the New Jersey Giants. <laughs> the New Jersey Giants. Yes. Yeah. Meadowlands. <laughs> well, but I, mean, I, I was at the last game they played in Yankee Stadium. Really? And in fact, Alec Webster, the guy that we just saw the picture, he came up to me and gave me the biggest bear. He like almost squashed me. 
That is awesome. Because, you know, he came up to my dad because they went to high school. They were yeah. best friends. And he goes, is that your son? Yes. Come here. He just grabbed me. <laughs> I mean, this, his I hands were as big breathe. as my head. And an old man squeezing yes. you to death. Yeah. But it was it was an amazing memory, and it was just absolutely wonderful. Well, I went to okay. I went to Louisiana Tech University, and I knew a lot of people who were friends with a guy named Terry Bradshaw. Oh, I've heard of that fellow. And, yeah, and I've heard of that fellow. Yeah. I know. And the funny Terry thing Bradshaw. is, I'm from Pennsylvania, more than once I said, "Do you like? Do you keep up with Terry Bradshaw?" And more than once I heard the response. That moron wouldn't even know me <laughs> if I walked up to him. <laughs> we, they, all, they all loved him, but it was just known that he was not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He could throw a ball. He could throw a ball. I mean, yeah. I, you, I, I throw balls far. You want good words? Data languager. <laughs> there you Data go. Data languager. That I is, love it. That is some spot on Rick and Morty, uh, Mr. Brown. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so true. Uh, we're at a point in the movie where I, you know, this is where the tears started yeah, to flow for me. I was sad. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. So let's give some context. So what's happening, Hindsiders, is that uh, Joyce... Yes, the Joyce wife Piccolo. Of Piccolo. Yeah, Joyce Piccolo. Of his pickle. Has found, <laughs> she's Low. Piccolo Rick. Um, <sighs> shut I'm up. sorry, guys. God, you're so unprofessional. We're drunk. <laughs> Get we can't it together. Help it, but proceed. Who's, Adam. Who's I've got, I've we? got, I've got things to say about this scene. So no, I do know, too. On. So yeah. in today's medical profession, th there's no way in hell that just a person who comes in to get your signature would tell you that you're due for a major surgery. Well, it was and a miscommunication. Yeah, but he still thought, though. He, he went in there thinking the doctor had already told him. Yeah, but he found yeah. out that the doctor had not, in fact, told yeah. Piccolo that he this was due was for said surgery. I know. Yeah. Wait, what? Pre-HIPAA? HIPAA. HIPAA. I understand the Hippocratic Oath, but... No, 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 HIPAA, no. the law. Health insurance, or health information, portability, and accountability act. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. It's so, the law that makes it where if a doctor tells somebody that you're been diagnosed you can sue them as for literally a human everything. being, yeah, it's they horrible. go to jail and they, they yes. execute them. HIPAA. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. So, oh, okay, that, now that makes sense. I yeah. thought y'all were talking about the Hippocratic Oath. But Back I was, then, doctors could, like, say things to your wife without... Getting you to sign a piece of paper saying, well, is they it can, okay if I... Can't they say something to your wife? Like, if she's your wife? No, 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 no. I'm in healthcare. No, no, you can't share it. Because what if your wife's Wait. got an STD? No, you can't share that with you the husband. You cannot, you cannot. She might have been, like, diddling around. But y'all are legally bound. That doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Oh, God. You're an adult over 18. You can't you're share hosed. information. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As yeah. a doctor, That's you're HIPAA. hosed. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So this is pre-HIPAA. We're just the guy getting the charts. The signed. administrator. <laughs> can you can authorize say, me cutting out another one of your lungs? What? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he just breaks. He sort of breaks the news or like chips the iceberg, but then lets Billy D do all the <laughs> really hard work. Would as you far just as tell him we got to do a cut and shut on his like chesticular region? So I know he's got two of those lungs. Now he's only going to have one. Is that all right? Like, yeah, like you talked to Kenny, didn't you? <laughs> he's, he's the worst contractor, I swear to God. Like, but, it, but it was a good scene talking about how you know a football player, how an athlete in general, he yeah, has his head in the game because yeah. there is no truer statement than that. Yeah, you've got to be psychologically and physically prepared. Because yeah. uh, well, and and this scene also from a from a writing perspective, this is really the scene where y you didn't even kind of realize that Piccolo 
had been sort of the guy looking out for Gale. You know, Piccolo's the guy. Who's no, like, as a girl, you pick up on that very well, <laughs> very quickly. In this scene, it 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 just Flip forces flops. the reverse. Yeah. And because it's that so was, harsh. That was his armor. Is that yeah. that was the one strong point that he had? Is that he wasn't the starter. He wasn't the first in line. But he made sure that the guy who was first in line was always healthy and good to go. He went out of his way, and that's why they keep him on the team. It's and not they were going to be starting on the back on the on the. Uh, he was about to be back. Back end or the, something. The backfield. The backfield. The backfield. Yeah, the yeah. backfield yeah. together. So, uh, and they were so excited about that because then they were officially not competing also, against each other professionally anymore. Also, every operating room in the 1960s and 70s was stark, raving terror. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they, were, they, they were designed to be as terrifying as possible. It reminds me of that movie you Here made us are. watch, Jason, uh, from that guy who got abducted in the 90s. <laughs> oh, Fire in the Sky. Yeah, Fire yeah. in the Sky. That's what it makes me think about. I was I, like, oh, okay. I have to interrupt everybody, though. Go ahead. Because we, have come, up to, we have come up to the scene, which, the which is this is the scene if you remember anything about Brian's song, it's the scene where... It's definitely not his song. Yeah, it's when <laughs> Billy D. Well, it's like Brian's theme is actually hugely popular. Um, but Go Billy, ahead, D, Billy D. Williams is given an award for courage. And this comes around full circle because this is the second award that he's given. Yeah. And the and first time he totally folded. Didn't he say He couldn't anything. even deliver... Yeah. A word. Exactly, and, but this time. And in the actual real life story, Gail Sayers really said the exact words that Billy D. Williams says in this scene, where he really? says, Oh no, oh. this is this is exactly what he said. You know, I love Brian Piccolo, and I want you to love him too. Uh-huh. And when you hit your knees, I want you to ask God to love Brian Piccolo also. Uh-huh. And it's See, now I'm getting to you. I know. I'm warming up right now. So as the heartless one in the room, I'll I'll take it to the end zone, Jason. Don't worry about it. So I... I don't care. Boo. This movie sucks. I know. So... Is there pollen in this place? um, Have you dusted I did. I put some pollen in (laughs) Oh, look at the boys crying when Dark Vader is not. I said that he would probably cry. I'm telling you. I knew you wouldn't because you're a cold hearted. (laughs) Go ahead. Proceed. Anyway, uh, easy there, Mr. Brown. Cold like ice and you're willing to sacrifice. Yes, your love. <laughs> <laughs> look at Billy D though. Look at his look at his face. Look at the way he delivers it. He he doesn't ham in this movie. He he, no, he is doesn't. magic. No. Less I, is more. Exactly. Less is more. He here. comes in and he just I'm a person talking to you. But that's the whole point of his character. <sighs> he really because uh, like Adam was alluding to a moment ago the first time that uh Sayers receives an award. Piccolo was even coaching him through that and trying to help he him wrote through a that speech. experience. He wrote a speech, exactly. And he was like, all right, Pic- you know, all right, Sayers, like, here we go. Come on. We've got this. And he just couldn't, he couldn't get through the speech the no. first time, Sayers. Thank you. But when it came to Piccolo, he got up there and spoke the most eloquent speech where he said, when you, like you said, Jason, when you get down on your knees tonight, I want you to it's love Shane Brian Seymour. Piccolo too. Yeah. So I love it, Han Solo. 
And I want you to love Han Solo. Chewbacca loves Han Solo, and that should be enough, <laughs> and when you damn get it. your knees, you ask the Force to love Han Solo, too. That's what he... God damn it. <laughs> that was Look the whole... That. You just ruined the moment. <laughs> that was between... I'm not Empire crying anymore. His, thank you. That's what I do. I it, use humor to avoid emotions. <laughs> I, I'm not so good at the emotional stuff. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> but... Jane uh, Seymour. Yes. Well, so, not Jane Seymour. Poor... Poor Piccolo. He's he's sitting there dying, and he even to his deathbed, <laughs> he's supportive of Sayers, like so proud of yeah. him, like everything that he can possibly be. He's never bitter. Did you? And that's beautiful. Did you happen to hear the story though when James Con was filming the death scene? No, no I know nothing about the actor's <laughs> oh, take on this. <laughs> James Con was apparently I don't know what's happening he was anymore. apparently talking to somebody, and they called him onto the set, and he said, "Here, take my cigarette and my Pepsi. I got to go die." <laughs> <laughs> and he's, yeah. li- he's literally playing a guy dying of lung cancer. Oh, God. Here, take my cigarette. <laughs> I gotta go die. Yeah. Gotta go die. Yeah. Anyway, and, and he delivered a... the mo- Oh, there is the big Lebowski again. Yeah. Yeah. He he went and delivered a, a performance that I'm assuming was great, but I couldn't understand a single word. Yeah, I couldn't either. It, and I'm fr- just, I freely admit that I couldn't. Yeah, I, nothing that James Caan said. I was watching the subtitles because I paid the $4. Oh, tell you us. See. Okay. Tell us I'm happened, feeling Mr. punk. Rowe? He said he's feeling punk. Okay, see, I couldn't understand I'm not familiar anymore. with punk, but apparently it was big in the late 60s. Like the Ramones or No, no, boys? apparently it's a feeling, a sensation. If you feel like shit, you're feeling punk. Oh, look at him holding hands. Is is that it? Or like- <clears throat> well, no. He, you know, he took. You know, it's just they have some light conversation, and then he then he dies. Essentially, yeah. this is. But, but what's really well done is they don't show him die. Right. They cut away yep. to that memorable scene of them yeah, running together. The, yeah, they all, I can't. But and then George Hallis. I hate that though because. The wives no, and sad, dude. the wives and Sayers like group together, and that means that Piccolo died all by himself. He didn't. He no, no. Sayers with, with was with him when he died. Okay, they good. They just didn't because, want to show. They didn't want to show that in yeah. the film. Okay, thank away. God. Because yeah. seriously, like that's and hindsighters. This is just a family thing that happened recently. Uh, a family member lost a dog, and I've learned that due to COVID, that you can't even be with your dog while they die. Now, yeah, you um, can. I got a gun. If you're determined yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, They're not ha- keeping me away from my dog if he's I, dying. I Some people say they have an army. I have a Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you got a Jason. <laughs> so Jason bring and the Argonauts. Uh, yeah. No, I mean. First I don't of ca- all, life, don't try to take my Millie or my Watson away from me. Yeah. I will at you. <laughs> if, if, if it's a person saying goodbye to their dog, I'll go to prison. No. Oh, okay. No you, measure. Yeah. Yeah. But like if somebody tried to keep me away from Meg during COVID right now, like if things had gone south. There's nothing in God's green earth that would stop me from being with her to the very fucking end. No, that's when you tell the like doctor. The, you just tell the doctor, look. You I'm, have a choice. Well, no, it's very simple. <laughs> I mean, you can keep me out of there. You'll be dead. Uh, you have is a choice. The, is this worth dying for? It's it's up to you, doc. <laughs> it's the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. I'm not threatening. <laughs> yeah. I'm promising uh, with a sip of my drink. But seriously, it just... 
I couldn't turn No, not that's not it. <laughs> Uncle Owen? <laughs> James Caan <laughs> just vanishes and his sheet falls slowly. To- now, oh, y'all know yeah. that there are uh, actual so action figures. you're making figures. fun of it to keep from crying. <laughs> yes, I, I know am. you that's are. That's what I do. That's yes. what they do. They avoid uh, emotional comfort. Because he's smiling. I mean, James Caan, look. I mean, and the, the one time the James older- Caan ever smiled. No, he smiles a lot in this movie. I know. Yeah. I'm just he's no. not known for being a cheerful that's character. Yes. Is the not point a sunny Corleone. No. He didn't smile a exactly. lot. Exactly. But, but that's the thing. Like, guys, we like to think that when faced with death, we can just say, you know, fuck it and we'll just laugh about it. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's really hits home because he, you know, he he knows he's dying. He is dying. Yeah. And he's with his best friend. And he he's kind of cracking jokes and he's, he's actually still trying tr- to bolster yeah Sayers. he's trying to make everyone else feel better yeah you know it's like i love when i i think i've told you the, this story before and bob hope was dying and his i don't think his, you have actually okay okay well bob hope whenever he was he was very very ill it was towards the end uh and i think it might have been the last day or or close to it and and his i think it was one of his kids or his wife somebody said well where do you want to get, where do you want to be buried? And he said, surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a jokester to the bitter to the end. And, and everyone yes. laughed and he felt better because everyone around him was laughing. Uh, somebody once said, death is like being stupid. Um, you're not aware of it. And it's only a problem for everybody else. That's oh right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, my, my, not to bring on my dad again, but I'm going to, cause he's my damn hero. But I, he came out of a procedure once and I had to go pick him up and take him home. And he looked around the room and just high as a guy. Yeah. He didn't know he was disoriented. He didn't know where he was and he was looking around and he, his eyes landed on me and he just goes, Hey, Jay. Oh, and I've never seen him happier to see me in my life. And I was just like, Hey daddy, I'm here to take you home. And he was like, can we get barbecue? And I was like, absolutely, sir. Let's go. He couldn't what's the, eat. What's the name obviously. of the barbecue place? <laughs> Slopes barbecue. Slopes. I used, my first job ever, actually. Which uh, by the you, way, Miss Marlene and Mr. White. <laughs> I don't think we ever, I don't think I ever mentioned that whenever I went to Slopes barbecue, because that's where the ham radio test was. Tell taken. them that, you know, Morgan Rogers, he's and, a big deal. Well, it's not just that. I was at this barbecue place and they have a little thing that says local authors and here's a book written by Morgan, Morgan Rogers. Rogers. Darth's daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I edited both of those books. Actually, I edited all, I edited all three of his books. In the 1970s, no one really knew how to do a freeze frame. No. And they would always pick it's the so freeze blurry. frame where you looked like you were constipated. <laughs> I was thinking that. I wasn't going to say it out loud, but yeah, you're right. But he was 26 years old when he died. 26. Meanwhile, James Caan was 32. 32? Probably when they shot him. Oh, he was younger than I am And James Caan, you know, James Caan played football. He was he was an athlete. He was a real athlete. One unlike, of the things, unlike some people in the room. Oh wait, uh, we. Need I some was an athletes. athlete, but it was a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> in a well, galaxy they, far, far away. When they away. were making this movie, though, one of the things they had to do was that any time uh, Billy D was supposed to win a race, mm-hmm. James Caan always had to, or the director had to tell him, "You got to slow down, pull back, a little really? bit. pull back, because he was." James Conn was a real proper athlete. Billy D was just he fucking was an actor. awesome. He was an actor. He was yeah. just in shape, like gym muscles, or yeah. like Billy D was just in shape. He was a fit man. You oh know? my god, that's <clears throat> hilarious! Because 
All he needed to do was say something racist, and then the, that got him to stop, right? Like, remember when he was going to name his kid? What was, do you remember that scene? I don't just before, oh, just yes, before yes, they yes, were about yes, to yes, run. Yes. Yeah. You remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to no, yeah, no, no, they can look it up. Okay. So I guess one of the few things that we have to uh, discuss before we go out to Seinfeld, uh, Darth Vader is a straight five, obviously, because I've never seen this movie before. But um, I guess the difference in the impact of the racism of the movie. So, Jason, you and I, having grown up in the Deep South, very it, deep. Yes, very, very deep. deep South. I mean, like both of our yours? states could be. Oh, sorry. Both of our states border. The Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Yeah. So that's how deep the South Segregation. is. Where, you know, Segregation forever. But uh, Oh, Jesus. God. Sorry. But, I didn't. We know who that is. George Wallace. Yes, we know. I'm fucking George I'm Wallace. I'm trying to make a progressive point. Uh, well, I'm pulling you back to the real world. Go uh, ahead. Proceed. Said Mr. Pennsylvania. I so <laughs> that being said... Uh, Adam, you did text me about how the racism and the segregation hit you so hard with this movie. Why is that? Is that because you're from the North or is it just because you're more sentimental or like because Jason and I are from the Deep South where unfortunately racism and segregation are just part of what we know? Just an observation and it is kind of controversial. I think Hoosiers is a better movie. It might be. It could be. But, but we're rolling Strikes into our is next the best podcast. Movie. I, 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 um, I'm going to pull back a little bit. So I'm hearing that we don't want to talk about no, this. No, no. Uh, yeah, the race thing. Yeah, no, we don't want to talk about race. No, all I was, all I was talking no, about was t- whether or not it hit him harder because he's from the North, whereas you and I are from the South. And well, we're, no, I don't think we're so. unfortunately used to I, it. I think and there's that's people not okay. in the South who are against racism. Of yeah. course we are. You have yes. two people. I know. No, I'll tell you what. why. why it's not a North-South thing. No, it, it isn't. really isn't. I tell you, the, the biggest racists I ever met were in Ohio. It was frightening. Really? Yes. Ohio racist? Ohio. Sandusky, See, I Ohio. I went up there and Q-tap. suddenly the N-word wasn't a bad word anymore. And I just, I, I, I was Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. They wanted to go hunting. You know, it was horrible. In Ohio? In Ohio. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Ohio. Ohio. Shocking news out of Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're ashamed. But if you're from Ohio, you might not be quite so shocked. <laughs> but Indiana is a movie uh, is a state with Hoosiers in it, and uh, Jesus, can we can we go back to? I'm going to give this movie. I, I have to, but I have to give a dissertation on this very shortly. But proceed. Uh, I, I, I was going to give my Alf to Seinfeld. Um, before we do that, um, I have to give a community sort of reference. I this is always welcome. I can't tell my white cell count today. One by one, they all just fade oh, okay. away. <laughs> God, what am I doing on this show? With my you? best friend had cancer. I can <sighs> I can do this all day long. <laughs> She'll be so proud of me. You see, I'm an alcoholic, and, and I'm used to being drunk. You two seem to be amateurs at this. <laughs> I'm definitely an amateur when it comes to drinking. I hardly drink at all, except what? when I'm here. I don't know what you're talking about. My coffee's very hot. Is that true? Yeah, cool hold on, hold on, ready? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you, I, I've used that probably four times Good. on conference calls yes. with my, my, I said, my gin and tonic, my, my, my friend, Do you my like friend on my podcast told to me it? I should blow it. They want you to blow it? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I never actually told you to blow anything. Well, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I want that As on As a record. disclaimer. Loose uh, lips are sinking ships now. But, yeah, but, some but food may I speak wide, in a moment? Let me, let me know hips. when I can have my soapbox. You're on. Okay. Go for it. 
When I first saw this movie, I was I was moved. I cried a lot, but it was mainly because of the camaraderie and the death at the end, the loss of his close friend. I watched it this time, and I did not have any recollection about the, you know, the, the segregation and the desegregation component of it. Okay. And I think the reason it it made me sad was because you know in my lifetime these things occurred. And I took my daughter to a, a museum in Atlanta, and there was pictures they, they had taken from the 50s, you know, Jim Crow South, where they had, like, whites and colors only. And my, my daughter asked me, what does that mean? She didn't understand it. Oh. She's like, what, what, oh, what, is, white, what yeah. is white and color? Mean? I, and I, because we never, awesome. you know, we, we she well, she, it, It's we, an we, alien we, term to her. It is. Yeah. It's totally And that's alien. good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I said, back in the day, and not too long ago, I mean, I was a young boy, there were certain places that African-Americans could go and certain places, but they could not mix. And she could not comprehend that and still still can't. It, so when I saw that in the movie, it, it, made, um, me, it made me very sad because I, I believe that in a country where you have segregation, you're never going to realize your full potential. Well, you're not. I mean, one, mm-hmm. of, the, one of the things as, as a, an armchair historian— um, of, in particular, the Second World War, one of the observations I've always found so fascinating is that British people, you know, during the war you had thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of Americans go to Britain in preparation for the invasion of Europe, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. And, of course, you had a lot of African-American soldiers who came um, with. And to the British, they just saw uniforms, they didn't. They saw Yankees. They, could they care saw less. Yankees. They, yeah, because we're all Yankees, whether we're from well, the South or the, in, right. the North yeah. in America. Well, it's sort of like they said, well, we didn't like either one, the whites or the blacks. <laughs> you know, it was the uniforms, you know. Um, but they would they would invite a, a black soldier to go to a social thing in Britain. And it was a scandal. And the British had this huge hard time. And well, why is this a scandal? He's a soldier. You brought him over here to go and fight. Can he come out and dancing with us? What's I, this doesn't make any sense. Um, which is one of the reasons why actually the war was such a positive thing in that regard, because it forced all these people together and you had these new relationships and friendships. And I mean, I know for a fact that my relatives who fought in the second world war, they all came from Texas, Louisiana, you know, Georgia, they were born in the 19 teens they came from a particular worldview of right. race and things like that. Then they go off. And my, my grandfather, uh, part of the time he spent in the service, he was a supply sergeant. He had all kinds of people driving trucks and things like that. And he got to know people in a totally new way. And it was like he had gone from living as a person in Louisiana to a person with black people, white people from New York. This guy would never have met anyone from New York. Yeah. Of course not. That's other like, than the war. That was a gazillion yeah. miles away. Right. Mm-hmm. And it had this incredible effect of, oh, well, you're American, you're American, I'm American. We're on the same team here. This works. Yeah. You We're know? all good. Yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> the thing about this movie, and I'm going to, I'll say uh, right now, I'm going to give it about a nine on the Alpha to Seinfeld. Because you saw it <clears throat> as a child? I saw it as a kid. Okay. And it was it was sad, 
Well, yeah, but you didn't really understand the ramifications. But of like, it's, well, it's not really the race thing. The race thing is no, what no, bumps no, it up. Not even that, but like even you know being married and what that would do to your wife and like, you know yeah exactly so all this extra yeah. Well, I mean, even though you never see the kids, he has three daughters. Right. That's right. That's the real punishment. Yeah. <laughs> and he's 26. He's 26. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Three children yeah. and 26. Oh they my were only God. married for five years. Yeah. They were uh, high school sweethearts. They knew each other before high school. They dated during high school. They got married at 21. Uh, they were together, I mean, literally his entire adult life. You know, she, Joyce was, it was Joyce in the NFL. Those were his things. You Is know? she married to an NFL guy no, now no, or no, like completely no, different no. kind of I, guy? No, I don't believe so. No. She married oh. an Irishman. O'Connell is O'Connell, her, is her yeah. married name. Maybe that's yeah. the guy who followed me around in New Orleans. <laughs> Maybe. And in, in fact, <laughs> she knows? married three years after he died at the same time that Gail Sayers divorced <clears throat> his first wife. So, well, yeah. you know, things don't work out sometimes. Hey, look, life, wow. and, life or and they TV work are out perfectly. Who knows? You never know. But watching the movie again, what really struck me is... Because when you're a kid, you're, for the most part, you're not used to death. Death is this weird alien thing that shows up every once in a while. Yeah. You got to go to a funeral because your great aunt died or something like that. Then you get older. It doesn't connect. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get older and death becomes this thing that occurs. That starts digging into you. Yeah. And you, you understand that longing. You know, and you, you, you look at somebody like Gail and his friend's gone. And that emptiness, that, that, that gap that will never be closed, that empty spot that will, I mean, he lived for another 50 years, but that hole was still there because that was his buddy. That was his friend. That was, that was something special. His relationship with Brian Piccolo never, ever could reoccur be replaced never not the same and watching it you know that's you realize that's the special stuff that's everybody's gonna die but not everybody's gonna have friends and that's true not to that level not to that level and at the end of the day all you are is the people that you leave behind who remember you and the lives they have and but but that's what's so wonderful about it because you might not make millions of dollars, you might not drive Ferraris, you might not do all that kind of crap, but you can reach out and you can touch people and you can make lives better and you can you can make it so that when you're around, people are happy and when you're gone, part of that goes with. your yeah. loss. And every single person has that power. And I think watching this, it's like that's all Brian Piccolo did. He was just nice. He was good and nice and decent and funny and that's what it took. You know, and yes, he was an NFL player, so he gets a movie made about him. But there's a million Brian Piccolos. Just like him who yeah. will never get rec- exactly. recognized. Yeah. yeah, But that's what it is. That's life. You know, look, everybody's going to go. You just got to think, when you go, what are you leaving? That's so true, Jason. Yeah. And that might be the portion that makes me cry, because honestly, it, uh, you know... Uh, I've told it you is. guys yeah. on multiple occasions uh, how I lost one of my best friends. I'm not going to actually put it on camera, but I lost him three years ago, about a month ago. And I still take flowers to his grave every 
uh, every birthday of his because we were five days apart. And I take his mother's favorite flowers because nobody's ever going to be the same. And you just, you grow around it is what you grow around the grief is pretty much what you said. And it was very well said, actually. Yeah, it was very well delivered. There's there's a picture you can find on the internet of a tree that's fallen over. And a tree grows around it. And and it, it, yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's reality. And you just, and that was one of the things, uh, hindsighters, for those of you who pay attention to every single episode, the reason why I have the Dodge Challenger is because I also recently lost another important person to me, which is why you can't make me cry, Mr. Brown. <clears throat> She's as Damn tough as nails. Bulletproof. <laughs> she is as hard as a tack. No, well, unfortunately. There, there, there's tough as nails, and then there's, you know, I've just done enough crying, and I'm... <laughs> just, I'm over yeah, it. I'm fucking yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it just, uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I, I could see that with uh, Piccolo and Sayers, honestly. Yeah. I, and that's one of the things that, you know, I, I don't talk about politics or God either that much on this show. But when Meg got sick, I made a deal with God. I was like, please, not her. Not now. Not now. Not, not now. her. Yeah. She doesn't deserve it. I'll find a way to pay for it. Not now, not her. That's not how this goes. And that's that's why that speech, whenever whenever Sayers says, you know, and it's in 1960s speak, so it it seems a little. And she, I got to keep. So that was very fortunate. But but just saying to everybody, you know, when you hit your knees tonight, that's a heartfelt, very very fucking real statement. That's not a screenwriter coming up with that. That was the exact words. That person experienced it in real life, and they put it on the damn page because they were brave enough to do that. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. And that's, you know, it it goes back even to when we were talking about the Poseidon adventure. And and that, that, that anecdote that I had that, as it turns out, wasn't from the Poseidon adventure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was from the second one. Remind the hindsiders. Where? Give them some context. Um, and I thought it was Shelley Winters, but it wasn't. <clears throat> oh, yep. Basically, you you have a young person looking at the sunrise and saying, that's a beautiful sunrise. And the older person says, sweetie, they're all beautiful. You're just not an, old enough to realize it yet. And that is it. You're alive. Everybody right here. We're sitting in this room alive. People listening alive. Enjoy it. Go out there. Live. Stop listening to us and go live. Oh my God. No, no, no. Like, finish we, listening uh, to well, us and well, then go live. You know what? No. But here's my message to the people who are listening. Sorry, I wasn't trying to cheapen yeah. that message. You matter. You're friends to us. If you're listening to this, you're friends to us. Yes, you mean something you to mean us. You mean something. Whether yeah, you message us, whether you troll us, whether you love matter. us or hate us, we. Doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. You like, mean uh, something. It's like what uh, Annie told Jeff. When community closes out, she was like, Jeff, I'm younger than you are. Uh, you're wanting to sit down and relax and calm down at the end of your day. I I want to get past the whole, oh, am I going to be able to pay my rent? Am I going to be able to do this? She's like, we're just in different stages. Like, no matter where you are, though, sit and watch that sunset. Yeah. Because it'll be relevant no matter what stage yeah. of your life that you are in at that moment. Hey, yes. So, hindsight yeah. or seriously, take a look. Yeah. 
I think Mr. Brown. I think damn, I did. I did, took, I did you do you it. Did, you did good. He, he took you us to good. the mat. You know what? I'm actually. I'm actually gonna revise my estimate and give it a ten. That's nice. Um, given uh, the fact that I haven't seen it and I've actually lived through it, not the not the yeah, dying portion, yeah. thank God. But uh, given the fact that I haven't seen it, I'm going to break the rules and up it to uh, an eight. Okay. And I'm going to give it a 10 too, only because A, it was my choice. I cried from the start to the end this time, not just at the end, because it was just very meaningful. It and, is. And what you said was poignant and just wonderful. So on that bombshell heartbreaker of a note, Hindsiders, we actually... It's not a heartbreaker. It's a, it's a good thing. Yes. It is it's a, good a good thing. thing. You're right. Um, it's uh, it's heart splitting, but heart redeeming at the same time. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to being an adult. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> welcome to life. That's, that's being an adult. It's equal measure. You know, and we'll teach you those lessons. Uh, that's that's life, hindsighters. Unfortunately, but we're going to do Pee Wee's Big time. Adventure next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, hindsighters, uh, we thank Mr. Brown for actually making us introspective for the first time in a Excellent long time. Excellent choice. Excellent choice with Billy D and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Khan. Uh, thank you for joining us for your football time, your best friend time, your you know you know, turning down the system time, like up, whatever you have to do to be with your best friend kind of time. It doesn't matter what they look like kind of time. We love you. We love each and every one of you, no matter what you sound like, what you look like. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been Jason, Darth, and Adam. This is Hindsight, and good night.